Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we're able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host. Well, it is time once again to share a story from Mr. Jerry Snyder. This week, it's about getting our ducks in a row when we don't have the ducks to get in a row. (laughs) You don't want to miss that. And then I'm going to share my thoughts on Cinderella stories. Now, it won't be as good as Jerry's story, I'm sure, but I think you'll enjoy it. And now filling in for Mitchell this week is our most repeated guest on the podcast, Lane Hollis. Thank you for letting me be here, Dean. I wear that badge. I wear that with a badge of honor however you say that saying <laughs> being the most reoccurring je- guest angie yeah. hawkins got close to me yes but i had to take it back over well you know what's interesting about this podcast is not only, you're the most repeated guest and jerry has been on here the most sharing his stories oh really so yeah so that's, that's pretty, pretty cool it's interesting yeah that yeah. is pretty cool so college is over yes right? yeah for the semester i just got done with my sophomore year yeah, so you were cr- you're still crushing it academically. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is college easier or harder than high school? It depends. Yeah. It can it can be harder or easier. <laughs> it, I would say the work is harder, but like the uh, process of going to school seven hours a day is easier. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't do that. Right. But yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I think it's an interesting difference between the two. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that's why I, I think homeschool kids are used to not having to go for a seven hour day. I think I've seen a lot of homeschool kids. They go to college and they just knock it out of the park Yeah, because they're kind of used to that schedule already. Yeah, I guess that's true. I haven't yeah. even really thought about that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that maybe I'm crazy. But. <laughs> so is next year you're going to be your last year of college cross country? Um, we got two more years. I have two more years. You got two more years. Okay. Yes. All right. Looking forward to the fall. I am. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so this year will be my. So next year will actually yes, it will be my last year of. Okay. Twenty twenty four will be my last year of college cross country. All right. But yeah. Wow. It just seems like it just started yesterday. It is crazy. Well, let me talk about our sponsor for the week. This week it is Trinity Disposal. Trinity Disposal is the go-to disposal company for Whitfield County and surrounding counties. Trinity offers weekly residential trash collection and commercial front-end load dumpsters. Trinity is very detail-oriented and has an excellent customer service reputation. So if you're interested in the -the top-of-the-line disposal service, Trinity Disposal is the route for you. And you guys use them, so you know that everything that was said there is absolutely 100% true. Yes. Yep. Definitely. They do a good job. Our Facebook post of the week last week came from Michelle Micheff. I'm not sure if I'm saying that last name right, but I hope I am. And it's a very short one. She said, this week is my easy week before 10K kickoff. I decided to work in the yard five hours later. It was a great workout, and I'm happy my running helps me be in shape for other things that need doing on our farm. I lifted 15 bags of mulch and soil, eight whiskey planting barrels, hauled gravel and dirt, and trimmed trees, making an herb garden. 
It's so fun, and I love time with God on our land. You know, there's something I don't think we we talk about enough. You know, when you're a runner or walker, for that matter, um, it bleeds over into everything that you do. You know, when you're in better shape, being fit, however you get there, whether it's running, walking, or another way, uh, it makes everything in life so much easier, the physical things that we do. Of course, you don't really understand that you're you've been you've been fit your whole life basically <laughs> kind of yeah well i've had i've had the you know the the lower points of like injuries and stuff yeah you've been down for but um but i can definitely see it i can see how you know being fit it reminds me just a little side note there's a there's a um series called um gosh i forget what it is i want to say it's limitless have you ever heard of that series i haven't by chris hemsworth um Chris Hemsworth is Thor. Is it a, a book or it's a it's a series on Netflix? Okay, and it's just about like um, what having a healthier like actually how much more you can live life with you know being healthier. And they talk about VO two max in it, and so it is interesting. Yeah, that is. Um, of course, whenever you're in this good of shape, it also takes away excuses because now, you know, yeah. a lot of people are like, "Well, I'm too tired." Well, if you're in really, if you're really fit, you're probably not too. You might be tired, but you can still power through it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and we talked about not long ago about how having that higher VO two max, like you're talking about, actually uh, doesn't just help you to get more out of life as you're going through life, but it also helps make your life longer as well and um and that's that's a good reason to be fit (laughs) yeah yeah um and i can't help but think about the times we like we've been on vacation debbie and i a couple of years ago we went to zion national park and there were some hiking trails there and we wanted to go out and there's there's some pretty cool places to get up and you know it looks way better from up high than it does down low yeah and being able to hike up there is a big deal so you got to be fit enough to do that and there's a lot of people in this country that can't do it um there are some people who we saw along the way that were doing it but they were resting like every you know three minutes yeah. sitting on a bench wait you know yeah. and resting it was going to take them forever to do it and of course for us it was just to walk up the up a path and yeah. uh, so it makes a it makes a big difference in everything that we do um you know when you've worked all day long and you have to cut the the grass um it's not a big deal for some people that's a big deal so there's yeah. so many ways that uh so many things that that are easier for you when you're in good shape. I mean, even just walking up a flight of stairs makes a difference. And what what's that that quote? Um, I don't run to add years to my life. I run to add life to my years. That's yeah. a pretty cool quote. I do like that. Yeah, yeah, I and I think it's definitely applicable. Well, our trivia question from last week was, when a marathoner is running the race, there is often a point at which it gets really hard all of a sudden. What is that called, and why do we get to that point? And, of course, it's called hitting the wall. Um, Everybody probably has heard that term, but what does it mean? Well, what it means is, is there is a point in time when basically you have glycogen. Glycogen is in your body, and that's what provides your energy for you to be running at a pace you would normally run this this marathon. And that's the point at which all the glycogen you've got in your body, basically, you've used it all up. And you're trying to manufacture enough to try to keep up with what you're doing. And... That's glycogen is really important and your body can only store so much glycogen. So 
of of course at some point in time you get to that point where you your your body is manufacturing glycogen also while you're running but it can't do it as fast as you're using it and that's why some people like ultra runners they learn how to make their body burn fat for fuel because burning fat for fuel you, your body basically has unlimited fat there's enough yeah. fat in most people's body that um you could go for a long long time without anything yeah if you can teach your body how to do that so they purposefully work on teaching their body to do that the problem with that and marathon running is a marathon is at an intensity that you can't it won't keep up so it's it's fine to to burn some fat along the way and you will burn some fat along the way but you won't do it exclusively or predominantly i was about to say isn't glycogen more of like a like i don't want to say like fast burning but it's more you know impactful for you know more intense situations that's right that's right yeah yeah i mean sprinters that's all that's basically all they use is is glycogen now they don't run out of it because they're not doing it for a very long time so they're 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 fine but um usually you run out of those energy stores somewhere around 20 miles in a marathon and you you hit the wall some people call it bonking um (laughs) the british sometimes i didn't know this they call it hunger knock (laughs) Um, that just seems a little more benign than bonking yeah. or hitting the wall. Um, the South African cyclist apparently used to call it hunger bonk years ago. Uh, and, then, of course, some people just call it blowing up. But to me, blowing up means something different. Yeah. Because you yeah, can blow, blow up in a short race, right? Yeah. Blowing up is like, to me, it's like going out too fast. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. 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 So uh, so anyway, it's it's interesting and it's um, all scientific and how your body works and it's why we do carbo loading for marathons because we want to top up those energy stores before we ever get started so that while we're going we're, we we don't get to the bottom of the energy yeah um, again at some point in time we we do but um, here's the interesting thing about glycogen is your body can manufacture a good bit of glycogen in about 10 minutes so if you're if you're completely spent you could t- you could sit on the side of the road for ten minutes and your body will feel better. Um, really, I didn't know that. Yeah, is yeah. it just? Do you know where it comes from? The glycogen, if you're not eating anything, or is it just kind of? Well, it's. It, I don't know if it's as much glycogen as it's. It's your body can produce enough energy uh, at that yeah. point in time, and, yeah. and part of that part of that is probably the fat that it's that, yeah. that you have. Is your body's getting to a point where it's it's calmed down enough to start burning that fat? Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, Anyway, it, you just can't stop in the middle. I mean, you can't stop ten minutes in the middle yeah. of a race, right? Yeah. Um, and there are things that we can do in training to to help our body to burn energy more efficiently. That's why we do the things we do in training. Yeah. You know, we do a lot of miles. Reason part of the reason why we do a lot of miles in marathon training is because we're teaching our body to use that energy yeah. as efficiently as possible, and our body does that when we do it. So, but I can tell you this: hitting the wall is tough. I've gone through it a number of times, and <laughs> oh, there's nothing like it. You can't yeah. describe it. You just yeah. you can't describe it. It's it's the weirdest feeling. Yeah, it, it's, it is difficult, and it feels so helpless when you get there. Yeah. Now, have you ever done it on the bike? Yeah, a lot of times actually. Yeah, like probably probably once a month <laughs> because like you do long rides every week, and sometimes if you're just in a rush or whatever and you have a three and a half hour ride sometimes i'll just grab some stuff and then go out the door 
and when you when a, when you bonk on like a long bike, it's a bit frustrating because since you're not going super hard, you can feel it coming just slowly and slowly and slowly. And then after two hours, I find myself at a gas station downing Mountain Dew. Yeah. And so, but yeah, it happens often on the bike. Uh, and and again, but on the bike, it's just like running too, right? Well, I mean, when it, when it happens. Boom! It's like yeah. all of a sudden you have just no energy. Yeah, it like, just all of a sudden feels like I need a, like I need a nap. Yeah, just on the bike. <laughs> so odd. Yeah. Well, it is close to July Fourth, and um, if you haven't gotten your July Fourth shirt, I'm not sure if they're still on sale at this point or not, or if we've pulled them down. But I hope you got your July Fourth shirt because it's almost time to celebrate our independence. As a Christian runner, you might find it hard to decide what to listen to while you run. If you are looking for positive and Christian music that will help you keep your pace, check out the Radioactive Station on the new J Radio. We'll take care of picking the music so that you can concentrate on your run. Plus, you can count on us to make sure that the music is uplifting and encouraging. Check out JRadio.com or download the app in your app store. All right, we're back. And don't forget, when you become a Run Club member, if you're not a Run Club member, I don't know what you're waiting for. You should become a Run Club member. Matter of fact, pause this video right now. Go sign up for Run Club and then come back. Um, Or if you're listening to the podcast, pause the podcast, go sign up and and come back. And um, and you can... um, you can tune in on on Thursday nights where we have a lot of fun on Tuesday uh, Thursday nights excuse me Thursday nights we have a lot of fun because sometimes we'll do like Bible study type stuff and then sometimes it's very informational about running it could be anything you get a chance to ask some questions along the way and um, it's it's more interactive and it's 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 a lot of fun so uh, check out Thursday night um, become a run club member before you do that and then also, we need stories. So uh, we, I know we beat this drum a lot, but it's important that we continue to get stories. We've gotten several recently, uh, and that's good. But we need to uh, we need to continue down this path and keep sending those stories in. We know you have one, and if you haven't sent it in yet, um, get on it, get it done. <laughs> so, do you have any lifetime goals for running lane? I have thought about it before. I don't have any set in stone. I was yeah. actually thinking about this. I was like, I don't have any lifetime running goals, like for 20, 30 years. Um, I have thought about it, though, which probably leads into some of the next. Like, Do you little... feel like you'll run like your whole life? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay. I think so. I think I will probably run, bike, and swim. In some form for the rest of my life. Yeah. I yeah. think that's just, I don't know. I, I feel like when, when you're young and you find a process like that that, you know, yeah, makes you feel better, makes you more fit, I feel like you kind of carry those first stages of um, your first journey of fitness. I feel like you kind of carry those with you. Um, well, not everybody so, does. I mean, really? I know folks that were really fit when they were young, and now they're just... Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you know, because it it does get harder as you get older. It does get harder to get out there. Yeah, it's just just the way it is. But yeah, so do you want to run a marathon one day? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd like to do maybe a smaller one first. Yeah. Um, I don't know when, 
But I would like to do Boston and London one day. Yeah? Why London? That's interesting. Is not is that the one that the world record is yeah. held at? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, one. Berlin. Well, oh. the, the I can't remember now. Um, Ber, I think Berlin is the one where most of the world records have been set. Oh, okay. But, well, then Boston uh, but London Berlin. is really fast as well. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 I just wanted to do one of the fast ones in, in Europe. I think the women's world record is at London. And oh, okay. the men's is in Berlin. Yeah. But, but anyway, yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely a fast one. <laughs> so, well. So, what are your goals for the next year? So, next year, I would like to do a half Ironman. Oh. Whether that is in May in Chattanooga or some other time. I had a... I had a couple setbacks this year that kind of stopped me from doing that this year, but I'd really like to I'd like to dip my toe into professional long course triathlon cuz I've been doing I've been doing the short course for a long time and I still enjoy it and so um next year still doing the major ITU races um I'd like to I'd like to Really try half Ironman. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you know, you you you've got that. You obviously have the the endurance gene, which obviously is important. But um, also, um, your strength on the bike actually multiplies itself. Yeah, in that format, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is. It is interesting because, like in ITU, you know, like all the drafting and stuff. It's not that biking is less important, but it's just that. Biking's kind of less important. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, and so, I feel like Iron Man would kind of, you know, lend itself a little bit more to my strengths, possibly. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. Well, I've always thought it would be cool to run a marathon on all five continents. You know, there's a number of people who have done yeah. that, and it's kind of cool. I remember when Ryan Hall was. Doing yeah. That. You know, didn't he do? Was he the one that did it like, like in five consecutive days or some kind of yeah, crazy something? Yeah, I want to say. Yeah, he did it because he had to, like, hop on a plane and, yeah. and go. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not – I don't need to do that. But I just uh, I just think that would be fun. The one in Antarctica would be the one that would be – you know, I'm not a big fan of being cold. Yeah. But the whole idea of being hardcore enough to go run a marathon in Antarctica is just uh, fascinating to me. Yeah. that that is That is pretty fascinating. I would be scared to run in Australia. <clears throat> probably <laughs> with all the wildlife yeah, I don't know I just feel like if you look up like top 20 deadliest creatures they all just happen to live in Australia it's true <laughs> it's true I was watching something yesterday and it was talking about how all the odd creatures are in they're yeah. all in, in yeah. Australia getting a fight with a kangaroo yeah over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was what I, that's what I saw yesterday it was a tree kangaroo you ever heard of a tree kangaroo no yeah a tree kangaroo and apparently it's uh it, the tree kangaroos, they get to like three feet tall, so they're not real big. But Really? Yeah. It was an interesting looking animal. There's a side note. There's a video out there, and I know some of these people have seen it watching this podcast. A guy fighting a kangaroo. Like this fighting. Yeah. Because he stole his dog or something. It's hilarious. <laughs> to check that out. I think uh, another one that sounds cool would be Badwater. Oh yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah, I mean it goes through Death Valley, California. Like it gets up, it gets so hot that you have to run on the white line on the road, or else yeah. your shoes melt. Um, and then and then you climb a mountain to the to the finish, so it, where it's cool. Yeah, it's very interesting. But of course, I haven't even run an ultra race at this point, so um, I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, so yeah, what about you? Ever thought about 
running the Appalachian Trail. I've always thought that would be cool. Is that the one that goes like along the East Coast? Yeah, it starts. Mm. Well, it depends. It, it, one end is in Maine. Yeah, yeah, and one end is in Georgia. I've never quite thought about it. I've heard a lot of people hike. I've heard about a lot of people hiking it. Yeah, I've never really thought about running it. Yeah, I was reading about. I can't remember which one of the one of the ultra guys, famous guys, was doing the Appalachian Trail, and the the amount of climbing that you do is like thousands of feet per day, average. Really? Yeah, I mean it's, it's nuts. It's not. It, it's a lot hillier than you think it is. But yeah, I always thought that the Appalachian Trail kind of it kind of goes up and it, it follows the ridge line of a lot of mountains. But I guess oh, yeah. I guess it I guess it comes down and back up a, a lot more than I thought. Yeah. So, huh. well, it's interesting anyway. Well, we have another story from one of our favorites, Jerry Snyder. That is a happy guy. I'm telling you. Um and this is one of my favorites, I think, from him. I really like this one. It's called The Missing Duck. Sometimes you just have to lick the stamp and send it. From Danny Ricardo, race car driver. Have you ever heard someone announce they have a big goal or dream? And then right after that announcement, their next sentence is, I'll get started as soon as I get my ducks in a row. What are they talking about? To have your ducks in a row means to be completely prepared. You are totally organized and fully capable of achieving whatever it is you want. Once a time a boy, once upon a time I was a boy scout. And I fully believe in their motto, be prepared. But sometimes you're just not going to be able to get your ducks in a row. And sometimes some of your ducks will be missing. Then what? At the New York Marathon last year, there were nearly 50,000 runners. This included 50 athletes competing in wheelchairs and another 50 competing with hand cycles. In other words, they didn't let the fact that some of their ducks were missing stop them from living their dream. Now let's turn on the radio. Hey, they're playing a tune by Stevie Wonder. Stevie has been blind since birth, and I like what he has to say about his missing duck. Just because a man lacks the use of his eyes doesn't mean he lacks vision. Tim Paul is a 64-year-old runner who happens to be blind, and he hasn't let this stop him from running a 26.2-mile marathon over 40 times, including four trips to the Boston Marathon. How about a great big shout-out to the Special Olympics, founded over 50 years ago by Eunice Shriver, sister of President Kennedy. The Special Olympics is the world's largest sports organization for children and adults with intellectual and physical disabilities. At this point, there is no need for you to check your map. We are in the land of no excuses. A psychiatrist treating me for depression suggested I try running as part of my therapy. Six months into my new adventure, I was one week away from running my first marathon when I read a newspaper story about a man who had just finished the New York Marathon. November 1986, Bob Wheeland set a record for running the slowest marathon race in history. Here's what you need to know about Bob. His legs were blown off by a landmine while serving as a medic in Vietnam. He finished the New York Marathon in 98 hours, 48 minutes, and 17 seconds. I'll do the math for you. That's over four days. He didn't have a wheelchair or artificial legs. 
Bob ran the race using his fists to swing himself forward each step of the way. Can't find your, all your ducks? Sometimes you just have to lick the stamp and send it. I thank God for my handicaps, for through them I have found myself, my work, and my God. That comes from Helen Keller, obviously a disability advocate. Interesting story. You know, we've used that. I, I think I wrote a story one time where I used that quote, lick the stamp and send it. Yeah. I like that one. That's pretty good. <laughs> but people are full of excuses, right? I mean, yeah. and we're, we're, all, we're all guilty. And one's not more guilty. Well, I say, well, I say that. Yeah, there's probably more, some that are more guilty than others. But um, there are so, several people, a lot of people, who have the excuses to give, but then they don't give them, right? Yeah. You remember Harmony. Yeah. You know, she basically, you know, one of her legs was was basically there to prop her up to to get to the next leg. Right. So all of her strength and everything was in one leg. She still ran cross country. That is true. And uh, and she did all she could do. She never complained. Every once in a while, she would have some difficulties that were a little unique to her. Uh, yeah. She had a brace she had to wear on her shoe. Otherwise, her toe would drag the ground, so she had to keep her foot up. And so she had this brace that she wore. And um, every once in a while, it would rub the wrong way or something. And, yeah. um, but other than that, you know, she just never complained. She just got out there and she did it. Um, and I remember being at the the wingfoot meet. You remember the wingfoot meet where yeah. we had the hay bales? Yeah. And there were people like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Can Harmony go around those hay bales? And, and I'm like, just let Harmony handle it the way Harmony wants yeah. to handle it. And what did Harmony do? She went right over. <laughs> yeah. I've got a photo of her jumping over the hay bales. Yeah. And um, and what did she run a 5K in? I think that's – she ran one in like – she ran one under 30 minutes, I think. I was about to say. Um, and that was, I think she did that at the state meet. Yeah. At the state meet course where the, it's, it's a tough course. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. was really determined that day. Yeah. Yeah. And she did, did a good job. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many people out there that, that give excuses. And here's Harmony, who's got every excuse just to kind of hang out at home and, and do whatever. And she's out there grinding it out with cross-country yeah. runners. Yeah. Um, so it all comes down to this. What can I do with what I have, right? Instead of here's why I can't do it. What can I do with what I have? Um, it's you know it's a little bit like the the difference between you and I and the way we run. When I was your age, my goal was to hang on to whoever was leading the race and then try to beat them over the last little bit of the race. Right. Yeah. Your goal is to lose the guy like me. Right yeah. is to try to beat him into submission during the race, yeah. so that he can't keep up with you, and it's yeah. an interesting battle when, yeah. when that happens. And um, yeah, that's kind of how. Uh, that is interesting. Yeah, because yeah. they're because like we're both like missing something in a way. Yeah, like not you know, but like it is interesting because like some some may look at you and think that that's uh, you know a cooler way of of running in a way. You know, the people who can outkick or whatever but there's like there's always you know pros and cons to you know every situation because at some point in the race you're going to be terrified and at some point in the race i'm going to be terrified that's right of each other so yep. it is interesting yep yep it is well how about this scripture passage it comes from joel 310 says let the weak say i am strong 
And the entire verse says, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Um, like I was saying, we have to use what we have. And God is saying here um, that everyone should use what they have to fight the fight to be redeemed in this case. But um, it's important that we look around us, find the things that we can use and use those things. And God has provided us with enough. Right. Yeah. No matter what it is, he we have enough. Yeah. And we just it might be something unusual. In this case, you know, he's talking about taking, you know, something a tool that you use and, and turning it into something else because that's what's needed in this case. And so um we should be able to say um we are strong because we've got God on our side. And yeah. and when we have God, us plus God equals a win. Every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, God doesn't measure our strength necessarily as physical strength. We should definitely do the exercise. We should get out there and we should be doing our running or walking, whatever exercise it is that you do to take care of our bodies. The Bible is pretty clear about that. We should be doing that. Um, and God tells us he can do amazing things if with our bodies, if we'll just have the faith that we need. And we have to understand that. We can use the things around us. We talk about people who, you know, my thing is running. That's what God gave me to be good at. There's a lot of people who are not great at it, but they figure out how to use what they've got and yeah. get to the finish line. Yeah. And, you know, we had uh, Jerry Siegler told her story, and she used a guy named Bubba to help her get to the finish <laughs> line, you know. And and so there's there's things around us. We just yeah. have to look around. Um, and here's the other thing about that, too, is we have to have that mindset all the time, right? Because here's what happens is when, when things get tough, when we get in a race and it gets tough, if we haven't practiced that, if we haven't gone through the workouts to, to prepare us for that time when it gets tough, then what do we do? We blow up. Because yeah. our mind gives up really quickly because we haven't been there before, and so that's why the, the the rough times that we go through are that's that's why James talks about counting it all joy because those things prepare us for the next time yeah. that it happens right and yeah. that's that's really important to, to understand that. So when it gets tough, um, remember that God has the power to use anything we have. And if we'll just look around us, he's probably provided us with something to get us through that that thing. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's just faith, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. Like when something is tough, it is really just putting your faith in God because you can you can either rely on yourself or you can rely on God. And 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 all you really have is you know, like the whole this passage. Um, let the weak say I am strong. It's not as if, you know, you're saying I. It's like I am strong in the Lord in, in the in the faith of the Lord. There's a saying that I like. Um, it's kind of towards it's it's kind of geared towards I guess humans, but I like to think of it as a reason to have faith in the Lord. It's like, and the saying is um, I forget who said it. Um, you don't become confident by shouting affirmations in a mirror. You become confident by having an a stack of undoubtable proof that you are who you say you are. And the only person who has that kind of proof 
is God. And so if we can put our trust in him, we don't have to, you know, I'm not, nothing against affirmations, but you don't have to stand in a mirror and say that you're someone that you're not. You just have to put your faith in, you know, that person. So I think that's interesting. Yeah, you have to understand the power doesn't come from the affirmations. Yeah. The power comes from God. The affirmations are just there to, to help remind you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put it. I like that. Romans 8.18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed. If we only focus on our suffering, which is what we see a lot these days, right? We see it, man, in our world, there are so many people that are just, the victim mentality is just so prevalent. And yeah. it's so bad for us. And yet it's, it's again, so prevalent. Um, and what, what he's saying here is that these things that we're going through, they're not even worth comparing to the glory of what is to come. What's, what's he saying? He's saying that at the point that we come into glory, we're going to look back and basically go, what suffering? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think that's such an important thing for us to recognize as we go through. Um, and I, I can't help but compare it to a race, right? In the heat of the race, it hurts really, really bad. Right? Yeah. Um, I think about the the 5K, where you paced me to the 5K, yeah. right, to, to yeah. that state record. And I remember that race. I remember it was one of those races where I felt like I could push really hard and really, really make it hurt. Yeah. And, and I did really make it hurt. Yeah. And um, – I just remember, oh, my goodness, just finish line, please get here, because this hurts so bad. And then I turn the corner, and I see the clock, and it's like that, yeah. all that pain <laughs> that I had, all that pain yeah. was basically like, was it, it wasn't gone, but, man, it put it in a whole different perspective, because at that point, it was like, I didn't care how bad it hurt. Yeah. Just, you know, I, w- I was there. I had done what I came to do, and all, all I had to do was now take a few more steps and get to the finish line. Yeah. And I think that's the way it's going to be for us. Yeah, and that example is good for, um, you know, sometimes I talk about um, the the spectrum of suffering or extreme lows and, you know, extreme highs that we have in our life. And it's so important to go through both of those to in, to to have, you know, the fullness of life that God has, you know, said before you like in that race if you had not experienced that kind of pain when you came through in like 1634 something like that mm-hmm. i forget what it was um 1636 yeah if you had not experienced that kind of pain even though you set that state record in the back of your mind it would be like it's like because the pain was here like all the way on this, you know, other side of the spectrum, when you accomplished whatever you were doing, the high was like over here. Yeah. But yeah. if the pain was right here and you know you can go right here, even though the outcome was the same, even if you ran a 1636, you'd have been like, huh, well, I wonder if. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it is, it is important. Yeah. The more the pain, the more the suffering, the, the, the better the reward. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. John sixteen thirty three says, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. 
I have overcome the world. The bottom line, no matter what we go through here on earth, is Jesus is the answer. He has overcome the world. Um, and, and a couple of things about this verse is that it says, in this world, you will have trouble. It's not you might have trouble. Um, trouble could be coming around the corner. It's you will have trouble. Don't don't let it take you by surprise. But yet we always let it. We always were like we're surprised that we're yeah. going through trouble. It's like uh, yeah. he told us two thousand years ago yeah. we were going to go through this. That's plenty of notice, yeah. right? But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you keep it. You know, but what, but what does it mean now? After that, after knowing that, what does it mean to take heart? Well, take heart means we should be encouraged because even though we're having to go through that trouble, um, we can be encouraged knowing that that not not Jesus hasn't he's what he's saying here is not I'm going to overcome the world. He says I have overcome. Yeah. It's done. It's already done. It's not like we're hoping. You know, I was watching. Um, Last night, you know, my alma mater, uh, Georgia Tech, they were playing in the national championship for golf. Yeah. And Georgia Tech has this real habit of getting into national championships in multiple sports and finishing second. They've done it a gazillion times. And the only sport we've ever won a national championship, do you know what it is? Is it football? Yeah. It's the only sport we ever won a national championship on. And we're not great at football, right? So... (laughs) But um, other sports that we are, we have been traditionally really good at baseball and golf in particular. Uh, we've never won a national championship in either one of those, but we've been in the championship game yeah. several times. Well, yesterday was one of those days, <laughs> and um, of course, we finished second. Yeah, and Florida is who beat us. And I'm thinking Florida wins wins national championships in every sport. Yeah. You know, they've won it in everything. And yeah. it would be nice for us to win one one time. Um, but the the point is, is that no matter what, um, in this case, I'm hoping that Georgia Tech can win a national championship. I'm hoping to see that at some point in time. This says it's already done. They've already won it. I don't even have yeah. to watch it because they've already won it. Jesus yeah. has already done it, right? Yeah, that is a good analogy. I did, yeah, that is pretty cool. How about a question? Do you know someone who has done more after being given less? Of course, I already brought up Harmony. And I was thinking about Krieg Shabort. Yeah, I was actually just talking about him the other day. Were you really? Yeah, yeah. with Gavin, because his, his son is doing really well in cross-country and stuff. Where is he at now? Um... Is he, in, he is in college now, right? No, he's oh. graduating this year. Okay. But he's going he's, to Tennessee. Okay, okay. Yeah. Is he at Armarchi? Is that where he's at? No, no, no. It's hard to say. I can't remember. I the, can't. Yeah, I can't remember the school now. Anyway, uh, Creek Shabort was, you know, he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. National champion wheelchair racer. Um, it's fun to watch those wheelchair folks go. Yeah. I remember watching um, the London Marathon one time. And you know, a lot of wheelchair races for the marathon they're typically relatively boring yeah because normally there's one guy gets way out in front of everybody else and just drills everybody yeah what the london marathon i think it was 2016 there were eight athletes within 13 seconds of each other that's crazy 
It was so awesome to watch and watching. And you know what? The guy that won was um, uh, his name is is escaping me right now. But he's won a lot of Marcel Hug. He's won a lot of wheelchair races. But even at the end, when he was challenged and wasn't all by himself, he was able to pull it out anyway. So, but this race makes me think about this. A lot of those athletes probably train by themselves. Right? Yeah. Krieg doesn't have anybody to train with, I don't think. I mean, he lives over in that Rome area, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like that's a mecca for for that kind of thing. And so yeah. um all of those people, the best athletes in that particular category, they're scattered all over the all over the country. Well, you know, you're in triathlon. There aren't a ton of elite triathlons close to each other. You guys are spread all over the country. Um but they know there are others out there like them, right? So whatever your perceived shortcoming is, no matter what that thing is, and what was the question was, was about, do you know someone who has done more after being given less? The truth is, no matter what it is that we have as a shortcoming, no matter what duck we're missing, there's somebody out there missing the same duck. And I think it's important for us to go and look at those people who are under those same circumstances And what the verse says is take heart. Take heart that there are others out there going through what you're going through, and you can do it too. Yeah. Another question, how can you encourage someone who is missing a duck? (laughs) I think a lot of times just connecting them with somebody, like I was just saying, who's missing that same duck. Um, And there's so many resources these days. You know, I think about years ago, Back in back when I was growing up in the eighties, you didn't really have a good way of finding other people who were in the same circumstances as you. You know, it was it was a little bit difficult to find that. To, today, with the electronic world that we have, the connected world that we have, it's easy to find. Right? Yeah, there's a is. Facebook group out there, of people yeah. that are of yeah. your, your, whatever your thing is. Yeah. So if if you notice somebody's missing a duck, sometimes just sharing those stories. You know, I think about, um, you know, Helen Keller. That's that is thinking about her is it boggles my mind. It hurts my head, actually. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how you can like I was um, I was reading the script or whatever, or this little guide that we kind of have. And I saw the name Helen Keller. And when I think of Helen Keller, this is what I do. I put earplugs in. And I close my eyes, and I just sit there for five seconds, and I get impatient after seven seconds. Mm-hmm. And then I stop trying to even think how she did it after like ten. Yeah. And so it is, it is baffling to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, an, it's just an incredible thing. But she, there were, she, she was missing a lot of ducks. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and she had to figure out ways to line up what she had and use what she had. And she figured it out. You know her and and her uh, her uh, teacher, um, whose name is escaping me right now, but if she can do that, the rest of us we should be yeah. able to do anything if yeah. she can do that, right? But the thing is, is she was determined, um, and, and she she was she used God. She had a lot of faith in God as well. Yeah. So um, God is telling us through Scripture that all we really need is our faith. You know, sure things may not always be great, 
Um, our ducks won't always line up. Um, and sometimes we may be missing half of our ducks. But uh, again, like I said earlier, us plus God beats everything and we can do anything. Um, you know, just hit, just hit me too. If you're missing a duck, think about this. You may have less to worry about. That's remember true. the triathlon we had, and I, I can't remember his name, the guy that was there with, with no, no legs that won the triathlon. Yeah, I can't. I can't help but think about how he when he you know when I swim, you know what a bad swimmer I am, (laughs) and my problem is my legs when I'm swimming. My legs they just sink and they get and you know you you got to be up on on the water, and and I can't I just can't I can't do it, and so my legs are always my problem. Well, he doesn't have any legs. Yeah. So he doesn't have that problem to worry about. That's right? true. Yeah. Sometimes you can take these negative situations and you can go, well, that's one less thing that I have to worry about. I may have to worry about something else, but I got one less thing over there yeah. to worry about. And a lot of times I think when you think about when you're missing a duck, um, you can look at that and go, well, maybe missing that duck is a good thing. Yeah. You know, Helen Keller, you know, she didn't have, she couldn't see and she couldn't hear, but I, I guarantee you her sense of touch was spec. Spectacular, yeah. right? Uh, anyway, we talked about recently about how um, sometimes just being there is enough. So when, when you talk about encouraging somebody who's missing a duck, sometimes just knowing somebody's in the, in the cheering section, um, you know, we all like to we all like to see the likes. The kudos on Strava, yeah. you know, of uh, people that are just out there. They're just noticing what we're doing. And that's always – it's just a little bit – it's just a tiny little shot of of uh, endorphins or something that, you know, that get, makes you feel good to see that. And sometimes just knowing somebody's there. I just had – we just went to a funeral the other day and uh, of a friend of ours. And we didn't need to say a whole lot. We just need to be there. And yeah. sometimes that's enough support. Um, to do that, uh, of course, sometimes that sometimes that support can lead to crazy things. I was thinking about thinking about uh, Strava and what you record online. I've gotten better at it recently, but sometimes you think I, I don't want I don't want my uh, Garmin. You know, most of my runs are prog- progressive. Most of my runs, I start out slow and I finish fast. Yeah, and I don't like to not finish fast. And yeah. so sometimes th- this past weekend I ran a 14 miler and I was beating myself in the ground for the last two miles because I didn't want to slow down because yeah. then it would look like I trailed off at the end of that run. I didn't want to. And I probably ran too hard. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we got to be careful with it too. But the bottom line is I think, I think you encourage someone with a missing duck, just like you do someone who has all their ducks, right? So mm-hmm. harmony, she didn't need anything different than anybody else. We tend to treat people who are missing a duck different than everybody else, but they don't want to be treated that way. Most yeah. of them, they want to be treated like everybody else. Yeah. And, and I think that's important that we recognize that. Final question. What should our first response be when suddenly one of our ducks is missing? <laughs> well, I think you, you think, well, God, God's got it, right? And your faith is is most important at that point in time. We usually panic when we find out we're missing a duck, right? Yeah. I mean, that, you know, it's just, oh my gosh, I'm yeah. missing, miss, you know, whatever that thing is. And, um, but we go back to James, count it all joy 
that should be our first reaction. It's not, but it should be. Because a missing duck is just another trial, right? And James tells us to take that missing duck and just look at it as another opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like as humans, when something suddenly like that happens, um, sometimes we try to over-explain to ourselves rather than, you know, giving the situation to to God in a way. It's like something happens and we're like scrambling for like an answer or something, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, I guess is is good in a way. It's good to try to figure out what's going on in the situation, but it's also, I think, important to to give it to God mm-hmm. in a way, because at the end of the day, if you're going through a trial, I mean, my dad says this. God either allows it to happen or he made it happen. And so he knows that you're going through the trial. Yeah. And so you can you can try to um, answer it yourself. You can try to figure out what's going on. But at the end of the day, I think God just wants you to give it up to him. Um, and so I think, I think that's important. But in our panic, we can try to, you know, explain our way through it. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about last year I ran the, you know, I was defending my championship in the steeplechase national championship, right, for my age group. Yeah. And I was running and I was out in the lead and I was about halfway through the race and I hit one of those barriers and I fell. I went down pretty hard. I got a choice at that point in time. Right. I just yeah. lost one of my ducks. I'm not going to run as fast as I wanted to run at that point in time, probably. But I can get up and finish or I can go, oh, man, that hurt my knee. I landed right on my knee. Ouch. Yeah. But I just got up and kept going. And um, sometimes you just got to you just got to go through it. And then well, here's what happens at the end. By the time we finished the race, I wasn't even thinking about falling. It wasn't even yeah. in my mind, right? And then yeah. all of a sudden, somebody goes, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just ran a race. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. Like, Man, you hit that ground hard. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, I did yeah. do that, didn't I? I forgot all about it. Yeah. It's like when you win, the trials seem to become you know just a past memory. Yeah. And the good thing about giving yourself and your trials to God is – you always win. Yeah. Like at yeah. the end of the day, if you give everything to God, you always win. And so at the end of the day, all the trials are just going to be a distant memory. Like when like when you get to heaven and your great uncle's sister was like, well, what about 2015 when whenever this happens? And you're like, what? I don't even... I don't even remember that. Yeah. And yeah. so it is interesting. Yeah, what feels better than overcoming when the odds are against you, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's the best feeling. It goes back to that thing you were talking about earlier about the, the extreme. The, the, the more, the harder it is to do it, the bigger the reward when you do it. Yeah. So uh, we should look at those as opportunities, I think. Do you have something that comes in mind when you think about some some Cinderella story or somebody that overcame big odds? I have I have two on my mind. One is, I mean, it is, it's not that crazy to me just because I'm not super into um, the NFL or whatever. Yeah. But the, the Falcons and the Patriots Super yeah. Bowl, yeah. I remember that because yeah. that was just kind of absurd in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, but another one is, you know, obviously I'm a triathlete and so I love watching – triathlons and the big races i don't remember what year it was it was probably five six seven it could have been 10 years ago um the world championship 
Iron Man in Hawaii. Miranda Carfrey, who's one of my favorite triathletes ever. Yeah. Um, I got to meet her one time, which yeah. was pretty cool. Um, I want to say that she got off the bike like 10 minutes down from yeah. first. Yeah. It was like 10, 12 minutes, something like that. It, yep. I remember it. And she won. Yeah. She won the world champ. That was the most crazy thing to me. Yeah. And I was just like, I had to have been like nine or ten. Yeah. Or something like that. I, re- yeah. I remember that. And it was fun to watch because I yeah. was, I was, because re- I've always been a Miranda Carfrey fan just because she is such a good runner. Yeah. Of course, all the, the great runners that are triathletes, those are my favorite triathletes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I remember the time we hung out with her for a while in Chattanooga. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. That was fun. Matter of fact, I remember one of the things I remember about that day was that uh, she's looking around, and of course, she's famous. People know her. Yeah. And she's probably maybe the most famous person who was there for that particular Iron Man that Especially day. Especially because everyone there is Iron Man fans. Yeah. So there's all these people who know who she is. And so we were like, well, let, we'll, 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 we'll leave you alone. And she's like, no, no, I'll hang around with you a little bit longer because yeah. I'm sure that, that, you know, fans are hounding her constantly. Yeah. And she was just comfortable with our group. And yeah. So she was like, I'm just, I'm going to talk to these kids some more. Yeah. We had our like group sit in there and um she was just talking one of the little girls in our group um like i don't remember how old she was at the time had to have been like six or seven or something like that was just like sitting in her lap talking to her and the press conference had just started and we were like oh the like that's the press conference just started she was like uh, we'll get there in a minute yeah (laughs) it was like it was it was pretty cool yeah it was Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the Bible every day for a full year. We go through the hard-to-pronounce names and all. In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run for God Run Club to get access so if you're not a member join today if you are a member just find a walk through the bible under the nationwide challenge tab all right we're back you know, I remember when the Atlanta Track Club had no frills races. They were free. If you were an Atlanta Track Club member, they were free. If you weren't an Atlanta Track Club member, they cost $2. Mm. And um, I don't know if they still do that, but I don't live close enough to Atlanta these days to be a, a track club member and participate in their races. But um, it's kind of the opposite of what we get from races today, right? Everything seems these days, everything in the races is about the bling. Yeah. Well, how big is the medal? Uh, well, how nice is the T-shirt? What yeah. other stuff am I going to get at the well, either at an expo or at the party afterwards, right? Yeah. Um, there's a big race that just happened here locally here in Chattanooga, and the big thing about that race is um, – there's lots and lots of free food afterwards, and it's just a big party. And uh, that's the way we tend to look at races. I love these. I loved those no frills races. Yeah. Would you want to? Would you want to run something like that? If we personally, had? I love that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. Like the the milkshake ride on yeah. Tuesdays. Um, I don't know if you ever talked about it on here, but I love that just because it's like it is kind of it is kind of a bike race without. Everyone being 
crazy and like wrecking and stuff because it's just a Tuesday ride. But it is kind of like a bike race every yeah. week. Yeah. Um, I do find it interesting that a lot of people are all about like the t-shirts and medals and stuff. I think I think if you really love something, it's you know you just want to like yeah you just yeah. want to do it. Now we're not we're not denigrating people who like their medals and yeah. their, their t shirts. It's that's all great and fine and fantastic. But uh but I like the rawness of just doing I remember there was a local cross country coach who had I think it was Tuesday nights. Every Tuesday night he had a race up at Edwards Park over the summer. Oh yeah. Uh so it, it's like seven o'clock on Tuesday nights during the summer he would have this five K race and people would just show up and run. There were no awards. It was just well here you know, as as you're crossing the line, they're calling out times. Yeah, and that was it. And, yeah. But it was fun, and yeah. uh, I used to go run that thing, and because it was just a good hard workout and fun to do. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we need to. I think we need to bring that back. Um, I wonder how many we'd get to show up for a race like that these days. I don't know. I don't know. But as far as like a track meet around here, I'd say seven people yeah 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 it'd be fun to do all right yeah i think i think today that people are a little too attached to uh to all the stuff that goes with a race sometimes yeah well all right it's time for dean's thoughts and that's a time when i share something that i've written about the intersection between running and faith well have you ever seen someone come out of nowhere to win a championship this is called suddenly I remember when the New York Giants beat the undefeated New England Patriots in the 2007 Super Bowl. It was a huge upset. The Patriots were destined to be the second team in the modern era of the NFL to finish an undefeated season, until they weren't. In 1983, uh, in the 1983 NCAA Basketball Championship, the highly overmatched North Carolina State Wolfpack pulled off a stunner when they beat the highly favored Georgetown Hoyas. It was a miracle that NC State made it to the championship game, but they pulled one of the biggest upsets in history. No one over the age of 60 will ever forget the miracle on ice. The amateur United States team was no match for the mighty professional Soviet Union hockey team in the 1980 Olympic Games. It was such a big upset that everyone forgets that it wasn't even a championship game. The U.S. team beat Finland for the gold medal the next day. It was assumed that the Soviet Union would win the gold medal. When Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson by knocking him out in the 10th round of a heavyweight boxing match, it was a shock. It was difficult for the best fighters to to last one round with Mike Tyson, and Buster Douglas was a journeyman. He didn't have a chance. Apparently, no one told him that before the match. We've had upsets in track and field, too. When Billy Mills won the 10,000-meter run in the 1964 Olympics, he wasn't even the best runner on his own team, let alone the world. But he has a gold medal to prove he won that race. If you've never heard the commentary on that final lap of that race, you need to find it. It's just spectacular. What do all of these teams and individuals have in common? They all came out of nowhere to win suddenly. People who were never considered the best suddenly were the best. In the blink of an eye, the trajectory of their lives changed, or at least that's the story everyone likes to tell. 
The truth is that all these teams and individuals have another thing in common. All of them worked incredibly hard for a long time to prepare for what happened suddenly. There was a lot of practice time for the New York Giants and the North Carolina State Wolfpack. Buster Douglas had whipped himself into the best shape of his life just in time for the biggest boxing match of his career. He did it through many long hours on the heavy bag and speed bag, and that was after getting up early in the morning to run a few miles. Billy Mills put in thousands of miles that led up to the 10 kilometers that netted him a gold medal. I bet none of them were surprised. You see, every one of them worked for years to get to that point. There is no such thing as suddenly. Have you ever seen someone lose 50 pounds overnight? Of course not. It takes time to do that, and it takes time to win championships. I'm I'm sure while these teams and individuals were working hard, they questioned themselves. I'm positive they had days when it was tough to go to practice or to run those miles, but they did it, and suddenly they were the best. We can apply the, the same thought to our training. Your goal may not be winning a gold medal in the Olympics, but you have a goal. And the goal, more than likely, will require a lot of hours and a lot of sweat. But any good goal is hard to reach. I've run every day for the past six-plus years. If I announced a goal that I want to run every day next week, that wouldn't be a very good goal. I have already run every day for the past 2,300-plus days. What's another seven? Now, to reach a goal of 10 years requires time, sweat, and a lot of days of getting out the door when I don't feel like it. That's right. Just because I have run every day for the past six years doesn't mean it's easy for me. Quite the contrary. But one day, I will have suddenly run every day for 5,000 consecutive days. One day, I'll be at 4,999 and the next 5,000. But there will be a lot of work that went into that day. A day that would not be possible without the first 4,999 days. So what kind of goal have you set? Does it feel out of reach? Does it feel crazy tough? Do you doubt your ability to reach it? Good. And it's probably a good goal. Let it drive you every day. I can't imagine not running a day at this point, even when it's tough. That's where you want to be, on a path you have to follow. How hard do you think it was for Jesus to follow through on God's plan for him? He was sent for a purpose, and that purpose included being tortured and dying. It was so difficult that Luke twenty two forty four tells us that he was praying in the garden. As he was praying in the garden, knowing what was about to happen to him, his sweat became like drops of blood. Such was his apprehension. We don't talk about the crucifixion this way, but Jesus had a goal to die for our sins on the cross. It was exceedingly difficult to follow through on that plan, but he did it, and the world has never been the same. My world has changed by what he did. I hope yours has been changed, too. If not, please go to runforgod.com forward slash peace with God or find the peace with God tab on the bottom of your homepage and find out how that incredible act can change your life, too. Anytime you see someone come out of nowhere and suddenly do something great, don't believe it. All Cinderella stories have a large quantity of sweat in their formulas. Yours will too. 
but you must follow through on the commitments to each step of the process. Then when someone says to you, wow, I can't believe you ran a marathon. It seems like only yesterday you got started. You'll know that suddenly finishing that marathon required a lot of work and it was all worth it. You know about any of those examples? Yes. All of them? or I, Well, those specific examples, not exactly. I had I didn't know that Buster Douglas was a journeyman. Oh, yeah. I didn't – I did not know that. Um, and is is Billy Mills – who's the guy on the track who wore the hat? No. That, that, no, that was uh, – that's the 800-meter guy. Oh. Uh, um, yeah, and I'm trying to think of it, you know, how bad I am with names. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah, I I love this topic because it is. I feel like it's so prevalent in our world today. Yeah. Of because, like we said, social media is such a big thing nowadays. People get to a place where they are either they've lost the weight or they've ran the times, and that's all some people see. Mm-hmm. Which isn't necessarily a bad. It's not like those people who are posting it are being nefarious in some way. It's just. But when people see that, they're like, "Oh, well, I can, I can do that in a week or two weeks." Mm-hmm. It's like like you use the example of you don't lose fifty pounds overnight. You may have a friend who who loses fifty pounds over the time span of two months, and no one really sees that friend. And then you show up to a dinner, and that friend was not surprised when they woke up that morning. Because they had already lost 49 and a half pounds. Right. And so when they woke up and they were 50 pounds less, it's not like they were like, oh, my goodness. But then they show up to the dinner and everyone's like, wow, you've you know lost so much. But that person already knew that. Yeah. It's, it, it, is, it is interesting. There's – I don't mean to go long, but there's, a, there's an example that I like to think about. You know, life can, life can move like pretty, pretty quick. I don't know if you've ever heard the the saying, "No such thing as luck." It's just when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah, there's going to be opportunities that come, and I like to think of it as a car on black ice, <clears throat> a car spinning its wheels on black ice. Because it's black ice, you don't know where there's ice and where there's road. Right. And so as long as that car is spinning its wheels, it looks like it's going nowhere. But then when it inevitably inevitably hits the road, it's it's going to take off. Mm-hmm. But the car, since it's not going anywhere, it'd be very tempting to just turn the car off. But then when it hits the road, it's just going to stop. And so it, I think it's I think this isn't I think all of this this conversation is it's just important to know that you know you should be always striving for that thing because you never know when you're going to hit the road when you're on you know the black ice yeah and so but yeah i think this I, I just love this conversation that the 10 year overnight success stuff it's yeah i love it yeah it's interesting and a lot of these people who were who were great um their work ethic was legendary you know steve prefontaine yeah. you know we, we we know about the workouts that he did. We were incredibly tough. Jim Ryan was running over a hundred miles a week when he was in high school. I was about to say that name, yeah. And um, it, yeah, it was incredible what he was doing. And you know, today we like to we like to talk about how we work smart rather than hard. <laughs> yeah. The truth is, you got to do both. Yeah, right. It's you, it's not you either work smart or you work hard. 
you got to do both. And yeah. when you do both, the the results you get are yeah. over that 10 years, all of a sudden, you become the best. I've or, seen that. I've yeah. seen, you know, some of these, um, you know, famous people or really well-known people saying, you know, how, <coughs> you know, you should work smarter but not harder. But every single one of those famous people who are really big in whatever industry they are, they worked very hard at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Like extremely hard. Yep. And so, I think that's, some- that's why I, I hate to hear people denigrate somebody like uh, like an Elon Musk. You know, people give him a hard time because yeah. he's so rich, and you could argue yeah. about what he does with his money and what he doesn't. Blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Make no mistake, Elon Musk worked his tail off to get where he's at. Now he had. Yeah. Did he have some breaks along the way, and he had some resources? Whatever. He worked hard. Yeah. To get where he's at, and that's the same way with athletes. Yeah. You know, and it's the same way for that person that just barely finishes a marathon a lot of times. There was a lot of work that went into that that particular finishing of that marathon. Yeah. Yeah. And for a lot of people, like Billy Mills is a really good example because Billy Mills, you know, Billy Mills pictured himself winning that race. Even though there was no reason for him to believe he could win it. Yeah. He pictured himself over and over again before that. If you if you ever seen an interview with him, he he, he felt like he was going to win that race. <laughs> he was the only one who felt like he was going to win that race. But that positive mindset of "I will succeed" um, is so important to yeah. all of us. And it's hard to genuinely believe that sometimes. Yeah, it's pretty easy to imagine yourself winning, but when you find someone who genuinely believes that, that's I mean, it's kind of I mean, I'm sure you know, but it's kind of difficult to do. Yeah. It's like constantly trying to convince yourself. and and But, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And it takes – the bottom line to me is it takes daily grinding and believing in whatever it is that you're trying to do yeah. every single day. And it, we were talking before about not having your ducks. And even when you don't have the ducks, you know, you got to believe that – Okay, I just gotta I gotta get up today. There's days where yesterday was one of those days for me running. I just I had gotten busy. I was doing a lot of stuff. I was getting some stuff done, and it's like, oh, I gotta fit my run in here. Yeah. And I'm like, I just, I gotta just go get up and go do it. And I didn't feel like it, but yeah. I went up, and did it anyway, because that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets it gets easier when that's who you are. Yeah. Like like I was. Er, the stack of proof that you are who you say you are. If you get up one morning in the past 500 days, you've done something. It's like, that's just what you do. That's right. You get up and you do it. And so, and that mindset, if you can get that mindset that, you know, if you're training for a marathon and you've never run a marathon before, the mindset is, it's not, am I going to get up? Am I going to do the steps I need to do to get there? It's, Oh, well, of course I'm going to do those things because I'm going to be successful in the end. And when you when you have that mindset, it'll drive you. Yeah, yeah. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. 
Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. Every week, I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. And this is my reason this week. I think it's fun to do what so many others either can't do or won't do. For most people, that's won't do. But running is one of those things where, you know, there's that uh, that shirt that you, you've seen where it says, our sport is your sport's punishment. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, that's on cross-country shirts. Uh, and it's true. You know, for a lot of people, running is like punishment to them. You talk yeah. to mi- old military guys and they're like, I ran so much in the military, I don't ever want to run again. Yeah. You know, for a lot of people. So I think it's cool that that's what we like to do is what other people hate to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I would think, though, that if people do it and they get better at it, they'll They'll eventually like it. And that's true. That That is true. I believe that, too. Um, I like the idea of just doing hard things, and running seems to be a hard thing. Yeah. Um, you know what else is cool about running in this day right now, the, the time period that we're in right now, is AI can't help us with running. That is true. Right? All the things with AI, for example, <clears throat> I don't know what you think about it. What do you think about AI? So I... I'm sure that y'all have heard my dad on here talk about AI. <laughs> I, I'm not really worried about it. I'm just not. I don't. Um, I'm not. I don't want to say I'm not one to worry about that kind of stuff. But like, I like to entertain the thought and I like to talk about it and what it could be, and and things like that. But I am of the belief that if we are made in the image of God, then the human mind is. Is, is greater than I don't want to say any other thing on earth but but if we're made in the image of God I think that our mind will not be overtaken by AI and if it is then I think um, God's got a plan yeah I think yeah. the trumpets may be getting yeah. warmed up you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good you know I think there's some things that, that may become obsolete or at least yeah. close to it you know for example <laughs> You can tell AI right now, write me a song that sounds like the Beatles. Yeah. And it can do it. Yeah. Right? And so is music going to be completely replaced by AI? I, I don't know. I, you wouldn't think so because you yeah. think there's there's you're, you get attached to personalities and people within the music industry. But I don't know. Yeah. For a I lot think, of people, they'd probably just as soon listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think that I think music is one that is not that way i don't think the ai will be able to because if you tell ai to you know make a song or or whatever as long as you know that it's ai i don't know that you'll listen to it yeah you know what i mean but what happens when we get to the point when we don't know whether it's ai or not i think um i think that i think that I think that you will, though. I think yeah. that you will. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a lot of expensive brands nowadays, and people make, you know, copies of them and fakes. Yeah. And I'm sure that when when all these, I don't know how long ago it was that people started making, you know, copies of 
um, you know, oh, just fake stuff, lots of physical years. stuff. It was being done when I was a kid. Yeah, it's you know, you're always going to be able to tell in some way, and and you're not really like anyone who loves. Um, I am blanking out right now. Who just played at J Fest? Crowder. Crowder. Mm-hmm. Anyone who loves Crowder probably follows him and uh, him on Instagram. They're yeah. waiting for his releases. They're yeah. they're watching interviews with him, so they know when he comes out with music. Yeah. So when an AI comes out with it, they're gonna be like, he didn't announce this. It's not. I don't think that. I think music and sports is something that. One hundred percent will not be replaced. Yeah, I can't touch it. AI. Yeah, I think writers. I think at some point in time, I mean, AI can go out there and write an article for you in seconds. You know, something yeah. that will take you hours to do. Um, I just can't imagine that if you can do something essentially for free or pay somebody to do. You know, I just think those are the kind of things that could be supplanted by AI. Yeah pretty yeah. quickly i agree with that. Um, you know you see a lot of a lot of sites you'll see something that says staff writer or something on it mm, well yeah. that, nowadays that could just be ai yeah so uh yeah that makes it interesting lawyers you know there's a lot of things with um in the legal system it's just a matter of just dotting your i's and crossing your t's and ai can do that that's true so i don't know we'll 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 see what happens with ai but it's i think it's interesting have you been paying any attention to the pro running scene lately? Not a ton, not a ton. Did you know about the race between Nagus and Jakob this past week? I weekend? didn't. I know who both of them are. Is yeah. Nagus did he recently graduate from uh Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's really come on strong over this this year. Yeah. And so he's um I think he set the indoor record for the mile. Um mm. he he's 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 doing really really well, but of yeah. course, man, and the race they ran this weekend, it was it played right into Nagusa's hands because Nagusa has run like twenty five seconds for the last four, last two hundred of these <laughs> some of these races he's run right, and so you're thinking, well, he's got a big kick, and Ingebrigtsen, we've always thought, you know, he doesn't have a great kick, he's just really super strong, right? Yeah. Well, this past weekend he ran the last. To, uh, it, the, the race went out. The first lap was a little fast, and the second lap was too slow, way too slow. And so it really played in Nagusa's hands because the slower race, you would think, would help the bigger kicker. Yeah. <clears throat> Jakob just ran away from him over the last 200. He ran 26 seconds for the last 200 and just ran away from him. This and, is crazy. And that's, Jakob Ingebrigtsen is is – I. I th- I think Jakob Ingebrigtsen may be AI. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, well, you know what's interesting about him is if you asked him what his best race is, he doesn't say the 1500. He Does he say the, the 5K? 5K? Yeah. I've heard that before. And then here's the question. If he's re- if he's that good at the 5K, how good is he going to be at the 10K if he ever goes to the 10K? You That's know, true. It may be that his best event is the 10K, and we don't even know it yet. AI is going to take over running. We're seeing we're seeing it with Jakob Ingebrigtsen. Have you? Um, I was going to ask you about this because I hadn't watched that race. Have you kept up with? And the only reason I know this is because I have friends who keep up with this like religiously. Lex Young and Connor Burns. Yeah, yeah. 
1334. This is crazy. Connor Burns, 1337 for the high school record 5K. Yep. Which is absurd. That's right. simply absurd. Yep. Um, and Lex Young was like, well, I guess I'll try to break it. And so, but I didn't really think much about that. And then Lex runs 1334. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. It is crazy. What's it for, like 420 pace, something like that? It's, it's fast. I don't even know. Yeah. But it's like the Olympic standard for Tokyo was 1310. So they're yeah. 24 seconds off the Olympic standard. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, now think about this, okay? Because it sound, that, sound, that sounds incredible. But remember that Jim Ryan was in the Olympics when he was 19. That is crazy. I didn't know that. Yes. J- Jim Ryan was basic, it was, was world class in high school. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm not going to get into it, but for the people at home, go look up Jim Ryan's high school workouts like yeah. on a weekly basis. Yeah. They're, they're absurd. Insane. Yep. And then on the road racing circuit this past weekend, uh, Connor Mance. You know who Connor yeah. Mance is. He won yeah. the Boulder Boulder race, which is it's a big it's a big American race, but Americans don't usually win it. Mm. He's only the sixth American to win it since nineteen eighty four. And so um and he did it. It was a really interesting race. So he's he, he said his goal is to finish in the top three of any race that he's in. Right. Yeah. He wants to make sure that he finishes in the top three. Well he found himself in fifth place at at one point in this race, like a mile from the finish line. And you know he's like I that's I can't do that I got to be yeah. you know so he works his way up he passes the third place guy and you know so he's in that that position and then he looks up and he realizes I'm pretty sure I can get the second place guy so he runs after and gets the second place guy and then as he's doing that he's they're very near the finish line at this point and he looks up and he realizes that the guy that's leading is starting to falter a little bit. And so yeah. he goes after him, and so he winds up going from fifth to first in the last mile of the race. That is, yeah. Connor Mance is just a beast. Yeah, and he looks so. First of all, he looks like he's killing himself when he runs. It, it looks yeah. like every step is as hard as he can go. Yeah, like that effortless motion that pro runners have. Not him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's fun to watch. But his the guts that guy, and he seems he's such a nice guy, soft, relatively soft spoken guy. Yeah, and he's just he looks like just an all American kid. He just doesn't look like a killer. You yeah, know? but man, when he's running, he he's yeah. a killer. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, trivia question for this week. There is a marathon that starts at 6,400 feet of altitude and goes over 14,000 before turning around and coming back down. What's the name of the race and where is it? Any idea what that is? I have an idea. Yeah? All right. Well, we'll check afterwards and see if you know. If you know the answer to that and you send that to dean at runforgod.com, if you're the first person to answer that correctly and send that to me, you will win $20 off in the Run For God store. Cash. I mean, that's awesome, right? So um, so send send us your answers to that question. And I'm going to leave you with this motivational thought of the week. This comes from Brandon Sanderson. The most important step a man can take It's not the first one, is it? It's the next one. Always the next step. 
You ever thought about that? That was pretty good. I love that. I like that one. Yeah. Because a lot of times we talk about how the first step is the most important, and it yeah. is, if you haven't taken the first step. But if you've yeah. taken the first step, then now, well, now the second step is the most important. Yeah. And now the third step is the most important. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always the next step. I like that. All right. Make sure that you go out there and, you know, we have a YouTube channel. Make sure you join that so that you can – we get these on video. They come out a couple of weeks later. If you're not part of Run Club, you can get these videos a couple of weeks late um, and, and see these. Um, if you're part of Run Club, you get to see them right, right away as soon as they come out. Uh, but join that YouTube channel and let it give you notifications so you know when they're coming. Make sure that you review the podcast and let people know um, how spectacular you think Lane Hollis is so that um, people know to come back and listen so that you can you can share it with your friends and do all that good stuff so we can uh, we can keep this thing rolling. It's pretty cool. We are we are approaching a hundred thousand downloads at this point. So really? uh, yeah, before long. That's a lot of downloads. That is. That's a lot. So uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right. Thank you, Lane, for being here. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Sitting in again and sharing your thoughts. As always, there's always something I take from something you said uh, that I think is pretty impressive. So thanks for joining. You as well. All right. Until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. (laughs) For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.